0: actually knows how to market, and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's up everyone? Zach here. Hope you're having an awesome day. Today I want to talk to you about... Achieving goals, when you should push harder and when you should stop. Um, as I'm literally recording this, I went to go turn on my my uh, you know recording app on my phone because, <clears throat> well, first of all, a lot of you have asked me, which is pretty uh, fun, but uh, also hilarious with the answer. A lot of you have asked me, hey, what what kind of microphone do you use? What kind of like what, you know stuff do you use? What's your gear for your podcast? And um, it's funny. Because the answer is, I don't use any gear for this podcast. I literally just open up the Voice Memos app on my phone and start recording. Uh, On my other podcast, the Entrepreneur Discovered podcast, that one is significantly more edited, uh, more, you know, kind of fancy and stuff. That one, I use a little bit of gear, but nothing major. Uh, The, you know, the more stuff that you've got, the more likely something is to break. So, you know, if I go on like on site for someone and do like an in-person interview, I'll bring... I'll bring some stuff, um, you know, kind of some fancy stuff. But I always bring backups. I bring backup recorders. I have three recorders going in any interview, if it's in person, especially. Uh, actually, one time, the one of the biggest guys I interviewed, my primary microphone, both of our microphones failed, <laughs> and uh, we actually had to pull two pieces of backup recordings: one from the backup recorder and one from the uh, my phone, actually, that I set next to him, um, which is totally crazy. Anyway. Fun fact, but anyway, I was opening up the 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 app to to do this podcast, and I like had to like answer some stupid questions and stuff because my phone did an auto update last night, which just freaking ticks me off. I've tried to turn the auto updates off like multiple times, but recently I feel like Apple is like forcing them on you, like you can't even turn them off. I've tried and I can't figure it out. Um, but uh, i'm sure many of you have heard but like i think like over a year ago i had suspicions about this you know for basically ever um like a year ago they were basically caught you know screwing up like slowing people's phones down um and then forcing you to obviously need to get a new phone so like a lot of people are like oh it's just like the new software is too too fast and intense for the old phones and um that's just like i'm just like that's got that's such a load of crap like what, like, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, if you put the software that we're using today in the iPhone 3G, it's gonna not going to work, right? It's going to blow up. But I'm like, after a certain point, you know, like, you get the law of diminishing returns. Like, I understand the law of technology, the, you know, whatever it's called when things compound and double every every like year whatever it is um, but there's still like the law of diminishing returns that kicks in and the phones are so fast at a certain point that it's like you, you can't be you can't be serious that the software update is screwing up my hardware that bad and then they basically get caught doing it so I'm like furious every time my phone updates because I don't even want it to update anymore it's so crazy um, but anyway my phone updated last night couldn't help it and I had to like answer a bunch of questions to turn on my my recording app. Fun fact, uh, when I was in cars, for those of you that are brand new, my background is in uh, like I was basically a mechanic, essentially. I went to tech school. I was really into cars growing up and uh, went to tech school, learned all the intricacies of like tuning and like the electronic stuff and blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, while we were there, you know, we talked a lot about basically built in failure points on parts like we, d- we easily have the technology, we've had it for a long time, to build cars that would run for millions of miles. Um, like, semi-trucks last for a million miles plus, uh, just as an FYI, because they're commercial vehicles so they and they cost a ton, so, you know, obviously they don't want to keep replacing stuff. But, like, yeah, like, most of the things that wear out on your car, it's, it's built-in failure points. Uh, they literally, they know how to make them last forever, but they but they don't. So when I started having suspicions about the phone thing, I and mean, was, I was kind of using the context of the car thing. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, interesting business model. But getting to what we're actually talking about, which is goals, when to push for them further and when not to, um, I want to talk a little bit about this because I came from a... If you listen to the last episode, it was pretty long, but I talked about... I don't even know what I talked about, but I did talk about some stuff where I was talking about pushing through kind of obstacles to hit the goals that you need to hit, right? So we're doing a rank advancement push this week. We're about two days into it out of the week, two or three days. What's today? Today's Monday. So we're recording this on Monday, started on Saturday. So we're like two days into it in a couple hours and uh, ends on Friday night. So... Starting off really strong, um, which is really good. So we are total probably sixty percent of the way there. Um, so that's that's a good that's a good start. Um, mid case scenario. So we have like kind of worst case scenario planned, mid case scenario planned, and best case scenario planned. Uh, worst case scenario is, like, nobody really hits anything, right? Because, obviously, that's worst case scenario. Um, like, we would hit a new rank, actually, in the worst case, but that's really about it, and that's not really a victory, in my opinion. Um, the mid case scenario is we hit the rank that we're actually shooting for ourselves, and a few people, a few people hit the ranks that they were shooting for in this particular, in this particular leg. Um... Best case scenario is we hit a stretch, like a bunch of people hit stretch ranks, basically. And so that's like everything going perfectly, plus, um, you know, stuff, like basically every single thing that's like in the works, like happens, um, which is pretty unlikely, but you know, it's, it's possible. So we have this all planned out. Anyway, uh, it's starting off pretty strong. About sixty percent of the way there to hit the uh, mid-case scenario, which is the most likely scenario. So that's kind of that's kind of like the one that everyone was shooting for from the beginning. Um, and uh, you know, mid-case is we hit, a, hit we hit all that. So that's where things are at. And I kind of told the story last podcast. Um, you're probably hearing this a couple days after that. Um, you, I told you the story last podcast that uh, there was a, a person on the team who is, uh, you know, a pretty strong player, or at least has the very strong potential to be a strong player, and some stuff didn't go their way, and they uh, basically, like, were able to punch through it, right, so they, if you didn't hear the last episode, they were gonna recruit, like, something around, I think, like, five or six people, I don't fully remember, like, five or six people this this week, they had them all lined up, and then, like, multiple of them bailed all in one day, like, three like three, of, three or four of them all bailed in one day, and then a bunch of customers that had lined up, like started, started to back out. So it was a pretty, like, pretty crappy day for this, this person. I felt really bad, actually. Um, but at the same time, I also knew like, okay, in order for you to really do anything significant, you know, in any business, and she, and she knows this, she's, uh, she and her husband are pretty, uh, have a pretty good background in business, so they already knew this. But in, in order for anyone to do anything significant, like you have to push through, right? You have to pound through that you know, adversity and, and still hit your goal. Right. And so they knew that, so they punched through it and within like three more days they had like ten recruits lined up, thirteen new customers lined up, you know. So they've definitely backfilled it, which is super cool. So they totally took um you know, took the the thing that could be going bad and made it into a good thing by pushing harder. And you know, some people are like, some people could look at that and be like, Oh, well, that's just because that's who they are, right? Like, they're really special. They're good marketers. They're just, you know, unique or whatever. And that's just a complete load of crap. Like, yes, they're very good marketers. Yes, they're very good representatives. But they became that way, right? They didn't. They weren't born good marketers. They weren't born good reps. Um, and that's the biggest misconception that you probably have with leaders in your team, or depending on how long you've been listening to us, maybe you even have that misconception with me, and Ashley. Like you think that we were born with MLM rebels, that we were born, you know, being good marketers, that we were born being able to lead people through things. That's just totally not true. I was, I was a natural, naturally gifted. Uh, leader in some senses, but a very unnatural in others. Um, You know, I had the kind of classic scenario of a really, really strong personality that could lead people weaker than them, but couldn't lead people stronger than them. That was me. Like I could definitely, I could create a movement of people, but if I like got hit by a bus, the movement would end because everyone was looking to me as like the answer man. And that's really bad. You don't want that. So I mean, uh, to kind of finish that thought off, you want your team to grow without you. So the biggest thing that I truly needed to learn was that I needed to empower people that were stronger than me. First of all, I needed to learn how to attract people stronger than me. And then I needed to learn how to empower them. Um, because if I'm, let's just pretend, an eight out of 10 on the leadership scale, I'm never going to attract a 10 out of 10 on the leadership scale. So I need to get myself to as high as I can, as fast as possible, you know, nine or 10, if, if it's ever even possible, right? And um, and I need to attract people at that level. And if I can, attract people above that level and then basically empower them, get out of their way. And that takes that that takes a strong ego to, to, to do that. And so I had a big problem with that for a long time. And basically my ego was out of whack. Anyway, um, I kind of got off a, a little bit on a tangent there, but may, hopefully someone needed to hear that. Um, but if we're coming back to this gal who had this kind of adversity in her goal, and she pushed through it, right? And we're talking about the fact that, was she born that way? The answer is no, right? She wasn't born that way. Neither was her husband. They developed themselves and learned how to push through. You know, back in our old company, I kind of gave an example similar to this in the last episode. So just bear with me for a minute or so, if you've already heard this. But in the last company we were a part of, you know, we obviously pushed for for ranks and goals and stuff like that. And when I first got in to network marketing, you know, I, I don't really remember. Actually, no, I I, I kind of do. I'm, like the first like rank advancement push that my upline did, right? I was a part of it. I wasn't leading it. Um, you know, I was you know just you know brand new into the whole thing. You know, things didn't go right, obviously. Like, I probably had 10 or 15 people on my team at max. And, you know, I was supposed to do whatever, $5,000 in volume or something. That was my piece of the puzzle. And I remember it not happening. I do remember this. It didn't happen. Or let me rephrase. It didn't happen for the first few weeks. It was a month-long goal. And it was like two and a half, three weeks in. And I had like $1,500 uh, in volume out of 5000 for my whole like little mini merry team. And, you know, my head kind of went to almost like the, 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 the sporting attitude that we give kids nowadays, which is like, oh, it's okay. I tried, right? Like that was kind of where my, my head went. Like I tried and, you know, we'll get it next time guys. And first of all, just to kind of give you the spoiler, um, that's complete crap. Okay. Uh, that's just, just, just garbage. So, Thankfully I had a I had a strong leader for an upline and and like it was really helping him hit his goal. I he was hitting a new rank and stuff too, but like this was like a big goal that they were trying to achieve. And they really came in and helped do some brain surgery on us and they helped us realize that you know what, like just because it didn't work out the way that you originally planned doesn't mean that you stop. It just means that you adjust with what you've got now and you keep moving forward. And, you know, it took a long time for me to really understand that and grasp that. But once I kind of realized like, okay, I guess real, real, real winners, they don't, they don't quit when they hit crap. Right. So basically I had like 10 or 15 people on my team and, you know, no one really did anything that they were supposed to. And so we were left with, you know, basically a pretty horrible situation uh, with like one week left. And... I th- and then we, he, my plan started to talk about, like, you know, when, when a when a, when a a football team plays, when a championship football team plays, and they have this game plan that they're going to run, and it doesn't work out, right? The other team catches on, has stronger defense, and, you know, basically stuffs you and, and starts beating you. Even if you were supposed to win the whole time, what are you going to do? Are you going to give up in the third quarter, or are you going to keep pushing, right? If... If you're in a boxing match and you have this plan, right, Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You've got this boxing match and you've got this plan of how you're going to beat this guy. You've been studying his tapes forever. Well, you get into the ring, he outsmarts you and boom, he whacks you in the face and he starts beating you. Are you going to quit that fight two rounds in or are you going to fight the additional the additional rounds and try to come back? Like, What are you going to do? I mean, the answer is obvious, right? You're going to keep fighting. So you're trying to build a championship team. You can't act like a loser. You have to act like a champion. Champions push through. So rewind back to nine years ago, 10 years ago, very first rank advancement push ever. Over the next five days or whatever, throughout the, you know, there's a month long goal again, for the, or throughout the next five days, I had literally zero people on my team really do anything. But we still hit our team goal. So I did the additional $3,500 in volume myself. I did it by selling customers and recruiting some people. Now, do I remember exactly what I did? No, I don't remember exactly what I did. That was nine, 10 years ago. But I do remember what was instilled in me. Zach pushed through, right? If you're trying to build a championship team, you can't act literally like a loser. I mean, I don't, he didn't use those exact words, a little bit too strong, but he didn't use those words, but that's what I thought. Like I can't act like a losing opponent if I'm trying to be a champion. So I gotta push through. So, if you are number one, if you're trying to do something long term, so long term is you're trying to quit your job, make multiple six figures, make seven, eight figures, whatever. Long term, don't quit, right? If you gotta change companies, you know, or change strategies, fine. I would, I've talked a lot about this in the past. Like you don't just want to jump around. Um, you got to make sure that if you're moving companies or moving strategies, that you gave the strategy and company that you are currently with, uh, the, the real effort that it deserved. Okay. Um, now I will be the first to say that there is a massive difference in certain, in, 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 in companies, um, from a multitude of perspectives. This is not the podcast for that right now, but the point is, you know, jumping around to different stuff doesn't fix the problem if you're still a part of the equation. Okay. You got to fix you. Now, sometimes part of the problem is the company or the strategy, and in those cases, you do have to fix it, but point is, long-term, don't quit, okay? Champions do not quit. They they, they can't quit. It's impossible. You don't become a champion if you quit. Like, no loser ever became a champion, period. No quitter ever became one. It just doesn't exist. Um, So, that's number one. Short-term, or that's, or that's long-term, short-term is if you're trying to hit a goal, like in this case, we get a bunch of people trying to hit ranks, right? Um, that one gal I shared with you, up-and-coming aspiring leader, really good performer, has some growth, some growth, uh, uh, has a, is experiencing a lot of growth, is becoming a leader, like learning some of the things that it takes to lead a team and create a culture and stuff like that, but has really, really, really strong potential. Um, they perfectly exhibited what it takes to do that short-term thing, right? They're shooting for a rank, crap at the fan, and they push through it. So with you, if you're trying to hit a rank, if things don't go your way, don't stop in the middle of it. Push through it. Figure out what you can do. Now, that being said, I wanted to give you a a couple of tips as to um, when to push through and when to stop. So here's when to push through everything I just said do not stop until the last day and truthfully you got to get in your head that failure is not an option it's not like oh i'll push until 11 fifty-nine on friday it's no 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 i'm pushing like i'm going to make it there is no room for failure in here. like literally i this was so baked into my head this i wasn't born this way i totally give this credit to uh, to our previous upline 100% this is i was not born this way um but the way I look at it now is, like, there is not room for failure. Like, it's not, even a, it's not even a possibility. I don't even think about it like it's a possibility. So, like, when we make a goal, we know we can hit it. Like, it's going to be a stretch. You know, like when we were planning out these rank advancements, I didn't plan out something that was such a stretch that it would take, like, God coming down in rapture form to come make the goal get hit. Like, we, we picked a goal that we could hit as a team, and everyone could hit their goals. If everyone got like moved up one level, everyone worked a little bit harder, did a little bit more, we could, everyone could hit it. It's a stretch, but it's not a huge stretch, right? It is a doable thing. When you start making a bunch of goals that are massive, massive stretches, what happens is within literally a few days or a few weeks, depending on the time structure, a few days or a few weeks of chasing after the goal, you realize that it was way too big for you. And since it was so big, it's easy to give up on it, right? If, if I'm, let's say I'm making 50 grand a year, right? And I want to get to 10 million a year. It's really easy for me to set that as a goal and miss it because it's so far off that no one's going to blame me when I miss. But if I'm making 50 grand a year next year I want to make 60 grand and I miss that, like, that's on me and you can't hide from that. So that's why you want to set your goals intelligently. So I said, you set the goal intelligently, number one. Number two... You remove the option of failure from your mind. You do not fail. It is just it is just case closed, period. You do not fail. You just do it. You figure it out. Now, okay, this is when you stop. Now, I just told you, literally, you don't fail. You don't stop. But I also kind of told you, like, oh, well, when do you stop, right? <laughs> because there has to be some sort of clause, right? The reason that there's a clause here is because I screwed up a few teams pretty bad by not knowing when to stop, meaning I drove them so hard that I actually screwed up my long-term team because I drove them so hard. So my personal belief is that you do not stop, you do not quit, you hit the goal, period, case closed. There is no option for failure. Um, and I believe everyone should should think like that because it's been immensely helpful. But there is there is a place where you go too far. And this is, this is the place where you go too far. The first place where you can go too far is when you screw up, you screw up relationships outside the business by trying to hit your goal. Meaning, you pressure prospects too hard. You ruin your warm, you ruin friends or family relationships by pushing too hard. Don't do that. Okay. Don't like the relationship is more important than your business or your goal. Number two, don't don't do this yourself and don't advocate this for people. Don't make people go backwards financially. Ooh! Yikes! you have stepped on some toes there. Okay, what do you mean? What do you mean, Zach? This is what I mean. When we start, when we were hitting uh, goals um, at one point in in our career, a lot of times what would happen is we would per- personally buy the volume, even if we weren't going to get like a long term or short term benefit from it. So, for instance, I can I I don't even know how many times that I can tell you I did this but I would buy volume in order to hit my PV goal that I promised my upline I would hit. So that's when that, that's actually, in my opinion, that's actually a weakness because I could have gone got customers. I could have worked harder to get customers, worked worked harder to get reps. And I was so committed to the goal. I was literally, failure was so lit, it was just zero, it was 0% option. Literally, it was not an option that I would purchase volume in order to hit the goal. Now, there's two sides of this coin. The one side of the coin is what I did, and I mean uh, I'm going to sound like a self-righteous moron here for a second, but I did buy volume to hit goals. I'm not going to lie to you. I did. I have done that in the past. Um, now here's the thing that I did. I I always bought the least amount possible. Number one. Number two. I always bought things that I could resell, so I could resell them and get the money back. And did I usually resell it? Most of the time I did, and I typically I might get my money back. Number three. I never put it on a credit card. And if I did, I had the money for it to pay it off immediately. So I put it on a debit card. Bottom line, I had the money. So I bought volume that I could financially sustain. Now, did sometimes I literally take my account to $10? Yes, I did. I my account way too low, unintelligent maybe, but I never got myself into debt. I have personal friends that are severely in debt because of the same mindset that I just gave you, except for they used credit cards to do it. They wanted to help out, and so they purchased five hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars in volume, maybe more. I have friends. I have a friend that did, I think, seven or eight grand in volume, personally purchased on a credit card. And some of them are really buried in debt because of that. That's where that's where I draw the line completely. So if you want to buy volume, like if we had someone come up right now, to, like to, to us today in our team and said, "Hey, Zach." Um, I want to purchase volume to help the up, help my upline hit their goal because you know a lot of times if you buy volume you don't actually hit your goal it depends on the way your business is structured but let's just say that a downline came to me and said hey Zach I want to help you know my upline someone someone in the between I want to help them hit their goal or I want to help you hit your goal whatever and I in order to do that like I'm not going to be able to sell this last 500 PV or sponsor this last 500 PV so I need to buy it should I do it? This is my response. Number one, don't put it like I personally wouldn't put it on a credit card. Now I know some people do have to live on a credit card. I get it. I understand. It, if that is the case, if you're literally on credit, if they if or if this person in our example is literally living off of credit, and the products that they're purchasing will be used by them because they use because they're going to use them at some point, like in the near future. If that's the scenario or two, they can sell them. I would say, up to you. So, like, if they're if you're like meaning, let's just say the products are, uh, what do what, what do we want to use here? Let's say like real like meal replacement bars, okay? Like protein bars or whatever. I mean, five hundred dollars of protein bars is insane, but let's just say whatever, five hundred dollars of protein bars. You're already living on credit anyway. You're already living on credit, and you want to buy five hundred dollars of protein bars hey, dude, if that's what you want to do, can you eat protein bars for three months straight? Like, can you eat them? Like, will you basically substitute out going out to eat and eat a protein bar in its place so that you don't go further in debt by still spending money at Taco Bell and now you got 5 billion protein bars? Can you substitute it? If he says yes, it's like, okay, Maybe like you're going to spend the money anyway. You're just giving it to your... Basically, you're giving it to your protein bars in your own business rather than Taco Bell. That might not be a bad trade, right? So up to you. If someone is, if someone uses credit responsibly, meaning they put stuff on credit cards for a month or two or whatever, and then they pay it all off, or they have the money to pay it off, rock and roll, right? If they have the cash, rock and roll, up to you. Um, I would say this though, if you can sell it, sell it, right? Sell that PV, um, or structure in a way where you can actually use the products over time and not continue to buy them slash transfer the money over. So again, if someone came to me, said, Hey, can I buy the PV to hit my goal or help, help, help upline hit their goal? That's what I'm going to tell them. I'm going to talk about the credit thing. I'm going to talk about can you sell it and can you basically transfer money from somewhere else in your life to that. I really don't think that you should be digging yourself in a credit hole while building your business. Now, I'm kind of going back and forth on this literally as I'm saying it um, because I do understand there's times when some people just need, you just need to leverage credit. You have no other option. We live in a, if you really study finance, we live in a credit-based society. You know, you can, most people cannot, they have zero option of buying a car without leveraging credit. They have zero option without buying a, of buying a house without leveraging credit. So we live in a credit-based society. So trying to live without it in some ways is incredibly difficult, right? Like you, if you're financing a car or your house, you know that. So I get it. Um, and I think if you do it once or twice like to get your business started for instance this is a different this is, I'm giving different examples I'm trying to make sure that you know what I'm talking about here when you're starting your business like let's say it costs like 2 grand to start your business right which is like the highest level to come in at our business is like 2200 bucks so if someone spends $2200 on a credit card to start a business I think personally I think it's okay because people will take out 200 grand in a loan to start a traditional business or a million dollars in a loan to start a traditional business then not think twice two grand to start you know a network marketing business at the highest level i think it's totally cool so you pull the credit card out to start your business i think it's fine if you're pulling a credit card out to like upgrade your business to like get to like the the highest like commission level meaning where you can like make the most money when you make sales totally fine Think It's completely fine. It's a one-time investment. You're pulling a little bit out of the credit line to start a thing. It's just like pulling some money out to get a car. Same exact thing, right? It'd be like if you financed a car and drove Uber, right? You have to put some money out there. You have to put some credit on the line to make it happen. It's all good. But if you're, if you're going, if you're like doing this constant thing where you're constantly trying to hit an upline's goal and you can you literally never hit it and you keep buying the volume to hit it, you're digging yourself in a financial mess. Um, if you're going to use credit on your business, personally i wouldn't tell my team members to buy volume to help me hit a goal i would tell my team members to run that money in ads that's what i'd probably tell them to do or i would say hey keep, like just keep the money buy as much product as you can without going backwards and instead of running ads hustle your guts out right like i'm not a big fan of, sp- of spamming people online right i'm I, i'm not a big fan i'm completely against it completely against it. But if you've got no money whatsoever, you know, maybe you're messaging people, right? And again, this is totally against MLM Marble's philosophy. So now that I say this out loud, I don't even know if I totally believe that. Um, But maybe you're messaging people, right? Maybe you're doing that. Um, Personally, what I would do if I had if I had like very little cash, what I would do, I would take out the credit to start my business at the highest level. That's just no-brainer. The, the Depending on your company, the commission split could be huge. So I'd take out the credit to start my business at the highest level, number one. Number two, I would create a allocated amount of money that I would, uh, credit, that I would use for advertising and I would spend it as slowly as humanly possible. Um, three, I would do something else on the side of my job or whatever, because obviously whatever I'm doing is not very good for money. I would do something else to create a little bit of money for my long-term ad spend. Because literally after I said all that stuff about like hustling and like messaging people all day, nope, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking for a second. Um, But uh, what I would do is I would like literally go mow lawns, drive Uber. I would do anything. I'd flip stuff at garage sales to create, you know, 50, a hundred bucks, spend it on ads. Then I do it again flip stuff at garage sales, drive Uber, whatever, take that money, spend it on ads. That's what I would personally do. Um, But I would not spend credit to buy volume to hit goals outside of upgrading my business, if that makes sense. So anyway, um, that's kind of long, a little bit convoluted, all over the place. I apologize if that was. I uh, Obviously, you could tell as I was talking, I was like kind of formulating the thoughts and things like that. But I try not to edit these podcast Actually, I don't edit these podcasts so that you can just kind of see that I'm real, uh, actual human being. I don't want you to just see the good side of me. I want you to see all sides of me because you know, depending on where you are in your career, depending on how much you have done business or network marketing, you know, sometimes, you know, y people, I'm not a guru, by, by the way, but people that like our personalities that you learn from, a lot of times we can elevate them on such a high pedestal, like you don't necessarily know, like, you don't know typically how much money a personality makes, or you know, how big their business truly is. So, and even if you did, it still seems a lot of times that they're out of reach, right? Like certain personalities are just, I ah, can't really touch them, can't really grasp them. And I want to make sure that you know that you don't have to be out of reach to have influence and have massive a massive team. You don't have to be out of reach. You can be like reachable, I mean, think about, not to get hyper-spiritual on you, but think about Jesus, super reachable, especially when he was here, right, super reachable, touchable, took the burden off of people, didn't place a burden on them, removed a burden from them, and yet he has, like, whether you like him or not, he has the biggest influence in the history of the world. This is a guy, I mean, and again, depending on who you're talking to, you know, clearly, If he's the son of God, if you believe that, um, he had God on his side, um, slash he is a part of the Trinity, right? So like, okay, you got God on your side, you probably have the biggest influence in the world. But let's just say you don't believe in anything to do with his spiritual claims. It's hard to deny the fact that he's got, actually, it's impossible to deny that he's got the single greatest influence in history. And yet he was very reachable. So I don't edit these so that you can see that you know you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be uh, this shining armor person. Because number one, people like that, they're always walking on eggshells and the people around you are trying to find chinks in your armor. I've got chinks in my armor, you guys. If you look hard enough, you'll find them, right? This is a, I, I, we're, we're business people that are built up with other people. And there's always gonna be problems when you have people involved in anything. And so if you're looking for a perfect business, this isn't it. If you're looking for a perfect person to coach you, I'm not it. Uh, but if you're looking for someone who will tell you the truth and uh, tell you what they've been through and uh, how to get the results that I've got. I can't tell you how to get results that I haven't got. Um, but if you're looking for that, then then we can help you. And um, I encourage you to start getting your voice out there because it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect at all. So anyway, if you found value in this, this is the, oh my gosh, it's another super long episode. I guess I just love to listen to myself talk recently. Anyway, if you found value in this, do me a favor, leave a rating and review and uh, that'd be sweet. And with that, talk to y'all soon. <laughs>